I know the last thing you pinheads want to hear is that it actually was really exciting to see 80,000 screaming fans get down to the Spice Girls in Dublin, Ireland. That's where I was. I took Brenda there uh, to see them Friday night, their comeback tour. But you don't want to hear about the Spice Girls. You want to hear about pinball. So we're back in the saddle. And look, there's not a ton of stuff going on in the pinball world, but we're going to cover what's going on in the pinball news spectrum today on this episode. I think it's 357 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I do have an interview I'm going to air this week with Neil over at PinQuest, so don't don't worry, Neil. It's going to go up this week. Uh, so what's going on? What's popping in the pinball world? So the first topic I want to talk about is Jersey Jack Pinball. And it's not what you think. I'm not going to go off on on Willy Wonka code or anything like that. This issue keeps creeping up. And I've been following this thread because it, it just keeps rising to the top every day on Pinside. And that is the playfield quality on Pirates of the Caribbean and playfields cracking and playfields dimpling. And this sort of topic it won't go away. And, and I think the reason why is people are starting to realize that there might have been uh, some bad playfield clear coding going on that is affecting pretty much every single version of Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, when you think about pinball and quality, and we talk a lot about that on this show, is are we getting what we pay for? And I think if you look at the collector base and the home buyer, it's pretty clear what we all want. We want to buy a game that will hold up to the to the countless number of times we're going to play the machine. And when you have a game in your home, we especially want those games to remain as close to perfect as we possibly can. Now, we all know that it's a little bit of a futile battle to keep a pinball machine completely mint, right? Because you got a steel ball rolling around, hitting stuff, right? And hitting uh, not just the play field, but the targets and the different mechanisms. And there's so much stuff that can happen when you have a violent toy like a pinball machine. But, but I don't think it's unfair to say that people who pay this kind of money for these toys expect their play fields to hold up at least for the first year to chipping, to cracking to sort of ghosted inserts. And so, you know, we saw what happened with Ghostbusters with that boondoggle, ended up with Stern having to send people fully populated play fields. What a nightmare that was for Stern. I think people don't realize how close that came to, to sending Stern into financial hot water and, and ruin almost. I, I heard it was really, really bad when they were going through that period. So Jersey Jack and Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, what do we know about the issue here? Well, it seems that the clear coat that is being used on Pirates of the Caribbean is, is not hard enough to withstand uh, some of the posts that are being screwed into the game. Uh, it's also not hard enough to withstand cracking uh, where the different holes are in the game or the different scoops. And so how does this happen? I guess that's the question I just have is how do we keep ending up here? It seems like every time in pinball, we get one step forward we get a game that's got a lot of features in it like Pirates of the Caribbean and, you know, Eric uh, engineered all this stuff to go into the game. And yet now we have clear coat issues on a Jersey Jack game. And I don't remember these clear coat issues plaguing really The Hobbit. I don't remember it plaguing uh, Wizard of Oz that, that poorly. I mean, I guess Woz had some issues at the very, very beginning. I remember they had some, the clear was wearing through and Jack was sending out stickers to cover it. 
But here we are in 2019. And here we are, and they know exactly what the home buyer wants and expects. And how can we still have such a problem with getting the clear coat right on the game? And, you know, you know, I don't know what you do now. So I've been reading the thread and some people are saying, well, Jersey Jack is going to have to address this issue. And Jersey Jack is going to have to send out to people who are having chipping and cracking on their games. Here, here's, the, here's the best part. They, they think that Jersey Jack is going to send people fully populated play fields as a solve. That is never going to happen. And here's why that's just never going to happen. They didn't order any more parts for Pirates of the Caribbean. So it's it's Jack is just making 1,000 games and then they're done with this title for, for the near future, maybe for the long term, maybe forever. So there is no way that they can financially afford to order all of these Pirates parts uh, to then send people out who are having problems fully populated playfield. So I just think you need to take that solution off the table. Now we see people in the uh, thread are coming up with other solves, whether it's wider star post and washers and different things to go over the areas that are really wearing quickly, mainly under the slingshots of the game. But as someone said it, if the clear coat mix in this game is not good, it doesn't matter uh, where uh, you go in the game that those issues are going to pop up uh, in other areas as well. So is this game a ticking time bomb from a play field clear coat perspective? Uh, we're already starting to see people look at the, you know, where the ball falls off uh, the rocking upper play field ship, uh, adding extra mylar there. This whole notion of like, let's just lay down all this mylar and put all these washers and put all these cliffies into the game. Again, I still think for the amount of money people are spending, I still can't believe that home buyers in 2019 have to do this level of protection when the manufacturers all know all too well that these are the areas that are going to wear in a game. And isn't this why they had an extra year to test this game out and make sure they figured out where the areas of wear would occur? And, and, and subsequently put into the game the cliffies where they need to be. And, and I still don't understand. I, I don't understand why no major manufacturer has purchased Cliffy, the company, from, Cliffy, from Cliff himself and made them an official partner with the manufacturer. I just think it makes total sense. He makes the best products. It also begs the question of are Playfield protectors just the way to go again? Remember, Jersey Jack used to offer playfield protectors on Wizard of Oz and on The Hobbit. I also believe they offered a playfield protector on uh, Dialed In. So from the factory, Jack would install it before you had to take the whole game apart to put the playfield protector on. Putting a playfield protector on Pirates of the Caribbean sounds like it would be a nightmare to do, to remove everything from that playfield and put it back together again to make sure you know everything works. So where are we now? What does that mean? What does that mean for Pirates of the Caribbean owners? What does that mean for Willy Wonka clear coat? What does it mean for Jersey Jack quality perceptions? Now, here's what I think is going to happen. I, I think hardly anything will happen. I think if anything happens, Jack will offer people a chance to buy an unpopulated play field uh, for probably around like 500 bucks. But does, does that mean that those unpopulated playfields are clear-coded better or are they just old stock that they have on hand? 
I would, I, I probably would think there'd be old stock they're giving you. What does that mean for the collector's edition guys who have 200 play fields out there that are different artwork? Are they going to have old stock of those available? And even if you bought some of those, I see some of the people who love the game are stocking up on an extra play field. Does it really matter or are you just getting another of the bad batch of games? So I think what's going to happen is this. I think Jersey Jack is just going to cut their losses on Pirates of the Caribbean and move on. And I don't think you're going to see much of a solve. I don't think you're going to see them invest any more money in a game that they have sold out of. So there's no, you know, the only thing they're going to have to deal with is complaints from existing customers because we know that Jersey Jack has a loyal following and if they don't take care of people with these issues, will that result in those people no longer going in on future Jersey Jack games? And I think that leads to my overall point about pinball quality. And we talk a lot about that on this show is that you will lose customers if you have consistent quality control issues with your games and people will lose faith and they won't be as excited to go in again on another game if they're feeling like there's a major quality issue. And we all know this playfields chipping, playfields warping, playfields losing the clear code and pulling up the artwork. That is probably one of the biggest headaches and frustrating things for any home buyer because the last thing you want to do and and I know I know you guys are like me you're you're a little bit OCD when you try to keep your games pristine the last thing you want to do is look down at your game and see artwork missing because there's a chip in the playfield and you don't want to see that damage and for many of you out there who are OCD about keeping your games in great shape you won't be able to stare at that without feeling frustrated and you'll end up probably wanting to get rid of the game. And it sucks, but it's just the way it is. I mean, those guys out there, they they can't stand if there's like a dent in their car or a scratch on their car or their car's been repainted and it doesn't match correctly. They lose their minds and have to get rid of it. It's just the nature of being OCD. So I think Jersey Jack is just going to wait until like the one-year warranty period is up. I think whatever they do send out to people will be simple things like a washer here or there or like maybe uh, another metal protector for the scoops and stuff like that. Uh, you are not going to see uh, them invest any more in this. And so is Willy Wonka quality going to be better? Now, here's the other part. And I have to say, I have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, Stern Pinball. Uh, for all of their, you know, all of the arrows they take about making cheaper games and this or that, I, I'm not hearing any real quality issues at all with the recent Stern releases. I, I'm not hearing about chipped play fields. I'm, uh, you know, there's still always going to be the dimpling on the Stern clear coat, but dimpling is one thing, but chipping a play field is another. Uh, with Munsters, with Beatles, with Deadpool, I think Stern has really rounded a corner in terms of quality control. And, and, I, and I just say that because when I read all the threads, I just don't see people complaining about a major issue with a new in-box Stern game anymore. Now, I'm, I'm even seeing now too, Stern listens. I mean, Batmans that are shipping right now, they also have an additional metal bracket protector, not just where the legs go into the cabinet, but they also at the top of the cabinet as well. So they're reinforcing their cabinets. The biggest problem Stern was having was the splitting of their cabinets, and they've addressed that. So it leads us to just wonder, quality control on a premium pinball machine 
it has to be, you have to nail it. You can't ship people games and have clear coat in the, on the play field cracking. Okay. And, 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 and I see the problem is with this, with this hobby, it's just so expensive to solve that. You, you almost can't make that mistake. Now I want to read what someone wrote into me because I think it sort of, uh, takes a look at this issue in, in an interesting way. And let me, let me pull that up now. And this comes from Mike Peterson. He said, I have a few feelings on the quality issue in case you feel weird about phone calls. First, the clear on new machines is not that good. In some cases, like Pirates of the Caribbean, the clear is just wrong. Clear should be hard enough to not produce ripples, but not so hard as to become brittle and chip. Just look at people talk about Cruzman playfields or Cruzman. I think it's Cruzman. It's a beautiful and durable, and the people at Pinside think it's some of some kind of magic. Nope. Ron has just worked at improving his materials and process over time to get the desired results. Proof that subpar clear um, on playfield is not what we have to settle for. I mean, people send Cruzman brand new playfields to redo. That speaks volumes. Only issue is the time it might take to get desired results on durable playfield. Might not be feasible from a business model point of view. Trying to, to as fair as I can to manufacture on this, but I want a good play field. I don't even know if that's a right sentence. See, people, I read people's emails and I'm, I don't even know. I'm going to read this word for it. Did I mess this up? Trying to as fair as I can to manufacture on this. Uh, I, okay, super important to me. Okay, so then he says, as far as materials like going from steel to soft tin, thinner, cheaper plastics, etc., we are talking about a metal ball crashing into things. Even with the robust materials of old, there was damage, but in most cases, that took some time. Now with lesser materials, things get trashed early and often, not to mention the spike boards, which save Stern a ton of dough. On pin side, someone said he took his wife to a pin show. She played some machines, and after playing a Stern, she turned to her husband and said the cabinet feels like it was made by Ikea speaks volumes as she had little experience with pins. Lastly, not sure if exposing these companies on quality and giving examples might make them shut you off if you have any relationships with them. Just something to think about, Mike. So here's the thing, Mike. Um, like I just talked a lot about this, but here's the thing. I don't think that if you knock a game around that just how heavy it is, equals the fact that it's quality or not. So if a woman goes up to pinball machines at a show and she plays Jersey Jack games, of course, they are going to feel a bit more solid, a bit heavier, and and, and just more, you know, it's, it's kind of like the way a Mercedes door thunks close versus the way a Honda door is like thinner and feels lighter, right? But, but what's most important is just, is the game working or not? Is the game going to stand up to multiple plays? Is the game functioning the way it was designed to function? I've said it before. I've had one issue with one node board on Batman 66 in two years of ownership. And that's that. I haven't had to change anything. So I, I, I do think that for me, quality is how reliable it is. I, I don't care if something's got quality parts, but breaks down all the time. I, I think that's a bigger headache. Okay, and I'm not seeing Stern Playfields chipping and cracking right now. I'm seeing that from Jersey Jack, which is the more premium brand, and that is just unacceptable to people. All right, all right. 
Speaking of manufacturers, let's talk a little bit about Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. I'm not going to go too in-depth on this because somebody or some people who are friends of the show, Greg and Zach, did a great review of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. It's on Straight Down the Middle. They just put it up. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, After you check it out, you are going to be asking yourself if Zach needs to be checked out by a doctor. Because the man is now saying that the layout in this game is as good, and the design of the game is as good as the premium designers in pinball. Yes, he is saying Charlie Emery is now up there in the class of people like John Borg and Joe Balser and everyone else who's like the A-list designers. And I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think the shots are very tight. I think part of designing a pinball layout, here's my thing. When you design a pinball layout, and Eric said this about Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't think there's anything rewarding about missing a shot and just doinking off a post. And if you look at Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, my whole issue with the layout is just that like it becomes a brick fest because you're a little bit off and boing, you're off a post and there's nothing satisfying about hitting that post. Now, Greg was much more... I think realistic on his assessment of the layout and said, you know, the shots are tight, but even when you hit them, they're not as rewarding as hitting the tight shots in Houdini. Now, I haven't played a final Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, but I did play it at TPF when it was unveiled there. Uh, Game is coming along nicely. I think they both gave it a B plus. Uh, They went over everything in the game, so I'm not going to steal their thunder. Go check it out. I think it's a great review of the game. Ultimately, I think people who are getting Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castles are really enjoying them, and I think Spooky's going to get those games into everybody's homes by the end of the year. All right, Cosmic Carnival. What do you think about this game? Are, are we now excited because the ramps have been changed a little bit and the Dirty Donnie artwork is phenomenal? Game looks great. Um, what is this, Suncoast Pinball Cosmic Carnival? My whole question with this game is just very simply is just Why? Why do we need another pinball game out there? It's not just another pinball game. This is another pinball manufacturer. And there's money going into this. There's talented people working on this. Uh, But when I look down at the machine, I I see a very basic game. And I don't know if I'm missing something. I think there's a lot of incredible artwork on the game. But again, I'm just looking at this stuff of what do we need in pinball? And I, and I say this a lot. If I were to like go in and make a game, I think you'd have to look at the marketplace and say, well, what is missing from the pinball marketplace that we can deliver? And, and what is our new take on pinball going to be? Or what innovation or what kind of thing are we going to give people uh, that will create buyers? And so when I look down over at Cosmic Carnival, I, I have a hard time understanding like who the target for this game is. Uh, the mechanisms in it are are very rudimentary. They're more simple. It's more. It's got less in it than a Stern Pro. Okay, they're working with an artist that has made Stern games before and has made beautiful Stern games before. Metallica, Aerosmith, uh, Donnie's work is is tremendous. And on this game, it might be his best art package to date. It's got interesting sculpts on it. Uh, but for the most part, I just don't see anything happening in this game that is is sort of like a take my money now. Uh, and and that's my point. It's not to discourage what they're doing. Uh, I, I think that in 2019, with the amount of people making pinball machines, though, if you're not raising the bar in some area 
and you're not putting interesting mechanisms into the game or unique layout into the game, if you're just making, you know, just like a pretty pinball machine that's pretty basic, I don't know how you find buyers nowadays. And 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 this because this is the thing, they're not just competing with other manufacturers. There are so many used games for sale right now at amazing prices. It is the best time to be a pinball buyer right now because you can get so many good titles for cheap. And so it's really hard to be like, well, I'm not going to get that, you know, mint condition dialed in LE for $6,500. I'm going to get Suncoast Pinballs, you know, Cosmic Carnival for $5,500. I don't know. There's just, I, I don't know how you justify it. Uh, so we'll see how it does. I'm not even, you know, and, and then you got guys like Haggis Pinball coming out with, with stuff and it's, I, I don't understand. I, I, I feel like there's not a lot of white space. There is more opportunity for companies to fail than succeed. Uh, and we're not even mentioning Deep Root and like, when are they going to finally reveal what their plans are? We're supposed to hear something June 1st. Uh, there's a rumored title going around that they're making. I'm not going to talk about it out of respect for Jeff at This Week in Pinball. Uh, but you you might hear some mumblings out there about it. Uh, you know, so, but we should know more about what their plans are come early June. Uh, and then, you know, what else is going on? So my thing is this. I, I've been away from Pinside for like a week, five days. I've been thinking about one thing. And this thing has been on my mind for a while. And I, and I, and I do, I, I do, I do want to just share what's been on my mind because I do think that there's not a lot of news, but here's, but that, you know, when there's not news, it doesn't mean you guys stop thinking about pinball. The one thing that's been on my mind recently is this. I really think Stern needs a special game. I, I think Stern, I, I, I want to be wowed by them again. And, and, and I'm going to be honest when I say that the last game that when they pulled the curtain off of it, that really made me go, wow. It's Ghostbusters. And I still think that Ghostbusters is the last world under glass that was, they really nailed it. They just knocked it out of the park. And, and even when I look at a Ghostbusters today, I can't help but want that game. I just want that game so badly to be good. <laughs> and it's just not a good shooter. But it is so amazing to look at. They just nailed it with... Uh, the artwork with like the theme, everything about Ghostbusters should have been one of the greatest pinball machines ever. And Stern has sold a ton of Ghostbusters, but it just feels like on Ghostbusters, they just gave us more. They just went a little bit extra on it. And 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 I think the point, the part of it that I love, and and this again, this is just a small detail, but it's an important detail I, I think in terms of showing Stern's effort. Like they made the Slimer mech, an original mech. They made Slimer. He was really cool, although his ass dragging across the playfield was kind of weird. But look at like the city sculpt on top of the pop bumpers, like that. I love that. We haven't seen Stern do anything interesting on top of the pop bumper area in a really long time. You have the ecto goggles. All right, it wasn't like the greatest mech, but at least they tried. You have the Magnus slings in the game. Very, very cool. I don't think they were very implemented uh, as best as they could have been. I would have had, how do you not have ghosts grabbing the ball a la, you know, Dracula, where it moves the ball across the play field and you have to hit it to start a multi-ball. I don't know why they never really fully made use of the magnets in that game as good as they could have. But still, I want a, I want to see Stern give us a game that has that kind of effect on people. And it had that effect on me. So do we think we're going to get a wow game from Stern sometime this summer? 
Now, is it going to be Godzilla? Is it going to be Jurassic World? I don't know. I mean, obviously, these things are not as great as Ghostbusters in terms of theme. But I'm, I'm really hoping Stern does something mechanically that wows us. And I don't think that's a lot to ask. But I do think Stern has done everything else we've asked for. They've, they've gone back and given us some great nostalgic themes. They've increased the artwork on their games uh, to a level that is now the best in pinball. It just is. Nothing looks as good as a Stern game artistically. Uh, the coding in their games, hit or miss, hit or miss, uh, but you can't argue with the fact that they still give us some of the best coded pinball games. Uh, you might have to wait a little bit for it, but anyone who's buying a Lyman Sheets game knows that they're, they're capable of, of giving you deep rule sets. The, the only thing missing, like the final piece of the pie, is the, is the mechanical part of the game and doing something mechanically that just is like incredible and, and, and mesmerizing to watch in pinball. Uh, and, and look, maybe it's just because the bean counters are in control over at Stern and they're not going to invest in stuff that could be too mechanically complex. They don't want their games to break and they almost probably, they probably can sit back and say, we don't need to do that because, look, we're the only real player in town and, and we're selling these games as is. Why should we go the extra mile? And the reason why I just hope they go the extra mile is this. And, and again, just this is just my opinion, people. Don't, don't like hold me accountable for this in your world. Make up your own mind. But I, I believe that Stern games are good. But I just don't think that so many of these games are going to go down 10 years from now as being like classics. And, I, and, and that's what I want them to create is something that just over time holds up and still has that wow 10 years from now the way it does today. And I just I'm not seeing it mechanically from them very much or very often. And that's 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 what I hope they're doing. I hope they've they've checked every other box. And I think they're going to come out with some internet stuff that's going to surprise people. But other than that, you know, that's what's going on. All right. Anything else going on in pinball? Jack Danger is sharing uh, comps and Photoshop versions of Pokemon and uh, what a little shop of horrors. And I think there was like one more. And then there's like Christopher Franchi shared some Rocky Picture Horror Show. Uh, look, this is going to be the new thing now. People are going to share... Uh, some, you know, photoshopped versions of games and put it out into the world. And it's easy to test people's reaction to stuff with a simple Photoshop job. And someone did something with the Harry Potter as well recently. And there's sort of a, I think there's a Harry Potter virtual pinball experience coming out. But look, I mean, I don't really want to get excited about artwork dropped on cabinets. I, I, I want to get excited about real machines that will really be available to buy that I can put in my real home and have real enjoyment over. Of course, it's fun to speculate and, and wonder what could come out, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of at the point now where I, I don't think there's a lot of mystery coming from Jersey Jack. We know it's going to be Guns N' Roses and Toy Story. Stern has done a better job of keeping the leaks under wraps, but I think it's safe to say we're going to see a Jurassic World. We definitely know we're going to see Elvira 3. Uh, Godzilla as well is in the cards. See, if, if there was one theme that I, I think people would just love to be surprised by, I, I think it would be Jaws. I think people still really are clamoring for Jaws. I think that movie is still one of the most popular movies. It's held up over time. 
I was listening to Head to Head Pinball and and they were talking about something and 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 I sort of feel like they're right when they say this. Um, Marty and his co-host, uh, sorry, his name escapes me. Um, I think he's from New York. Uh, they were talking. Let me let me pull it up now because I do hate when I, I, I that's just lazy on my part and I don't do show notes, but I want to make sure I give credit to uh, who was talking about this. And so you're just gonna wait with me. So Joe Lemire. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. They were talking about how the LCD screen could be really hurting pinball when it comes to acquiring themes nowadays because you have an LCD. You you now want to be able to fill that with HD visuals of the game. And because pinball is a lower volume toy compared to like arcade games and video games, uh, the, the amount of money it would take to get the rights to those clips does not make financial sense for pinball companies. So thus, we may be seeing a lot less of the themes we want because of the LCD. And I, I kind of think there's something to that. And I, I know when we heard that you know Spooky Pinball passed on Evil Dead and it was because of a licensing issue. It was. One of the people associated with the Evil Dead wanted more money, but the cost per game to make that happen would have been an increase of $250 more. See, this is the this is the dilemma I have with all these licensing deals is uh, it's like you, you, you kind of feel like, yes, you want to have certain elements, like you want to have Sigourney Weaver in Alien. I mean, she was in Ghostbusters. And you kind of want to say, well, if we need all the, to get all the necessary assets and actors and all the call outs and video clips, it's going to cost this much. And so, but if the theme is popular enough, I think these manufacturers need to do it because I, I just, I just see the guys in this hobby and they, they do have enough money uh, to, to, to front, you know, for, for those increases in assets. And I think they would do it. You know, and, and I didn't want to talk about Wonka, but I'm just going to wait and see what happens there. But it just feels like it's going to be a lot like, I don't know, like Pirates. And is it even more frustrating than Pirates? Because you're seeing clips, but you're not hearing the audio go with them. But is this the new reality that the LCD is going to make theme integration really difficult, much more expensive, and, and require uh, too much of these manufacturers so, so that they're going to end up passing on stuff? But then... But see, then I see a game like The Big Lebowski, and yeah, they had some hurdles with licensing issues with the music and whatnot, but ultimately, look at everything they put into that game, and look at how well it was integrated into the theme, and they had just the right amount of clips of the movie, and and then it gives me hope that if Dutch Pinball, two guys who, who could barely run a business, who have still squandered all these people's money, but two guys from the Netherlands could figure out how to make, I think, one of the most amazing pinball games ever, then surely Jersey Jack and Stern can give us a game that, that Dutch Pinball gave us and can be equal in terms of picking the right theme with the right amount of assets and the right mechanical stuff under glass. Because if they could do it, I really think these big manufacturers should be able to figure it out too. All right? All right, what else is going on in pinball? I'm trying to see if there's been anything else. No, we haven't heard any. There's not really that much drama. I mean, it's it's summertime. It's the time when you got to get out there and enjoy the nice weather and not be stuck inside complaining about pinball issues. Uh, I think everyone also gets a lot more positive in the summertime. I know uh, uh, for a lot of us out there, the weather determines our mood. Uh, and we're coming into spring, summer, which is always a nice time to be out and about. 
Uh, so I think that's pretty much it. I, I'm going to have a few more guests join the show in the near future. One of them I'm excited about, it's, it's a, my financial advisor is going to join and talk about the financials of collecting pinball machines. Not, and it's interesting because whenever we go down my financial like asset sheet, there's always like these pinball games and you know, they are assets. And I think out of all the things you could invest in from a entertainment standpoint, pinball still holds up as probably one of the best places uh, to put your money uh, for a non-essential toy. Almost everything else goes down in value significantly. So I'm going to have her on and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe, you know, questions just like at, at what point should you buy like a $10,000 pinball machine? Like, should you buy a $10,000 pinball machine when you have X amount saved? Or I'm just curious what, what, a, what a true financial advisor's advice would be, because I don't know about you, but a lot of my purchases are very emotional and not very rational. And while, while I think financially can do something should I and and then how do you balance that out you know between living for the day or today and living for tomorrow and and, and that's just you know we all struggle with that on some level um, some of you guys out there just have like Ferraris and like multiple houses and I love you guys one day I hope to have maybe two houses and maybe five bulldogs and maybe eight pinball machines and a couple cars uh, but ultimately the only thing I really want to have is just my health and my happiness. And if I can find those things, uh, I'll, I'll feel content. You know, I'll say coming back from Ireland, it's amazing to be around people who just know how to live life. It, it's, it's incredible. Uh, they, they have a way about them that is infectious and magnetic and enjoyable. And just to grab a pint in a pub at like 4:30 uh, on a Thursday and everyone's just having a great time. It's incredible. I, you know, I, I sometimes I feel like we put ourselves into too much drama that we're on the internet too much. You know, Pinside is it's interesting to me because after 3 years it it, it almost feels to me now going there gets less and less appealing to me, which does make my job harder as a podcaster and I know the other podcasters out there feel the same way. Uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to all those guys out there who are doing it on a weekly basis. It's not always easy. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it just gets less and less fun to go onto like these forums and just see the same arguing and bickering and name calling uh, because, you know, it just gets old. It just does. I mean, you, you can't keep surrounding yourself with it. Uh, and, you know, I think the, new, the, the next generation coming up, it's, it's really interesting. The stats about them. They go out less, they hang out with their friends less, they drink less, they have less sex, they're addicted to their devices. And so, and even though they're healthier physically, the next generation, I think it's Gen Z, these are kids, these are maybe your kids if they're teenagers and whatnot, the next generation coming up, they're the most mentally unhappy generation ever. So it's, it's, it's basically depressing them living online. And I think the same can be said for pinball enthusiasts is that it's, it, it, it gets to a point where when you live too much online, you will naturally start to lean towards the negative. And I think this show's been a lot more positive. I think we've, we've struggled at times with, with getting into the drama too much. And, and, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy the way we do the show now. Uh, I hope you enjoy the interviews. I, I still don't think we hold back. I think we still say what we feel. Uh, but but I think we're we're less and less consumed by a lot of the online negativity and 
and, and just sort of like vitriol that's just always stewing on there because there's not much else to talk about. And my final point will be this. You know, it, I'll talk about the Munsters and then I'll, I'll, I'll let the show go into, you know, the interwebs. The, the Munsters is interesting because as much as you get a few people complaining, I've been going into the thread more and more and it's just people like enjoying their game. It's people enjoying it, loving the way it shoots, like having it in their homes, like having fun with the Munsters. Now, that's not the uh, popular stance to have on the game. The popular stance about the Munsters is just to complain about the code, say it sucks, say Dwight doesn't like the, the theme at all, and just go down this rabbit hole of like why the Munsters is a miss. And so, you know, I, I, I tend to sort of feel like while it might not be the game for the person who likes deep code, the shot layout seems to be one that people are really enjoying. And, and maybe we should try to look at the good in these games versus only the bad. Um, but who knows? You know, who, everyone make up your own opinion on these games. But I'll just say, like, I just see a lot more positivity happening now that people are just getting their games and having a chance to enjoy them. Uh, and I think a lot, I think people are just getting tired of all the, the, the negativity. That's, that's, I'll just leave it at that, okay? All right, everyone, enjoy episode 357 of Canada Spinball Podcast. Uh, we'll get Neil's interview up. We'll get my interview with the financial advisor up. And then we look forward to seeing what's cooking over at Deep Root because that's, that's it, man. Other, I don't think we're going to see anything from Stern until July. So it's going to be a lonely a lonely news month for all of us pinball podcasters out there. Maybe we, we all, I was saying this, maybe we all should just take off the month of June. We deserve it, all of us. We should collectively, are you hearing me, Marty? Slam Tilt, Slap Save, everybody, Ken over at Special When Lit, everybody, let's take the month of June off. Let's give ourselves four weeks of just like refresh, like let, let's uh, recover, let, let's let, some of the news just happen and let's go on vacation from doing this on a weekly basis. Should I start with that now? Uh, well, let, let's, let's let them decide. Maybe we all get together and unionize and, and take off. Anyway, everyone have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. If you want to be my lover, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta Make stop. Make it last for If you wanna be my lover